Hi, I'm Neville McKenzie and I'm here at the Asia Tech Podcast and today my guest is Nicholas Martin. Nice. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, and you Nick. Yeah. Um, so can you just tell me something about yourself? Introduce yourself briefly. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Nicholas Martin. People will call me Nick. I'm half Danish, half English. Um, lived in Denmark for most of my life. Have a computer science, um, organizational theory, bit of a geek background. Uh, love internet marketing, internet stuff. I like to call myself an experimentalist. I like to try out all kinds of different things. And um, yeah, experienced a lot. Currently been living in Bali for six years, running my startup. So how did you get to Bali? I saw something online called Project Getaway, yeah. and it blew my mind. Uh, basically, entrepreneurs from all over the world coming together in a luxury setting for one month, working on their own stuff, but with other like-minded people. And I was like, wow. That's was that on awesome. the individual projects or individual? Was that, yeah, mostly, yeah. mostly. Yeah, and what kind of people did you meet out there? Well, so after seeing that, I was just like, I, I don't just want to attend it. I want to, you know, be with the guys that are arranging it. So I just whipped up a video and I sent it to uh, Michael, um, who basically started it. And uh, lucky for me, he was Danish as well. He was in Copenhagen at the time we met up, and uh, that kind of started the whole journey. Um, but uh, yeah, also participating in the events, lots of different people, lots of different backgrounds, and that's what's so cool about it. So what kind of backgrounds did they have? Um, like you'd have your, uh, your, your classic uh, tech startup people, you know, coders really hacking away. You'd have your business people, um, uh, people that raise funds, uh, real um, uh, like, um, um, what do we call them? Um, uh, you know, specialists in their fields. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of different people to tap into. And where would you put yourself in that? Um, I'm a little bit of in between of everything. You know, I'm a, a jack of all trades, king of none. Uh, I, I like to code. I'm not a coder, um, but it's awesome. Uh, I'm definitely more on the marketing side. Yeah, well, I find if you're an entrepreneur, um, people tend to have to do bits of everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is something that if you don't know how to do it, you have to figure out how because in the beginning, you're usually always solo, but you know, quickly you, you, you get co-founder and, and move on. But yeah, yeah, you learn a lot of different things you would never learn at university or, or school or even at a job. Yeah. So what are you working on at the moment? So we're working on Magloft. It's a digital publishing platform. Uh, essentially, it's an app builder for people that want to distribute content. Our classic clients are print magazines that want to go digital. So we have like a, a whole platform set up. They can just use their browser to get their content in, design their app, look and feel. Um, and then we build it and submit it to all the major app stores. Um, so you build the app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does the, um, the user, do they need to go through you each time or do they um, just log on and then start building? Some yeah, good question. Yeah. So the initial setup, they need to go through us and our, our platform. We have like a real easy step-by-step. -step. This is what you need to fill out. This is the information we need. And then we build the app and submit it. And once it's live, uh, when they want to publish new content, they do that. Uh, they control that on their own. So they just hit the, the submit button. Either they'll upload a PDF or 
They can use our editor to create content, connect their blogs, all kinds of different things to do that. Uh, so when the app is live and they just hit publish, that content goes straight into the app. So there's no waiting on, on that part. So when the app is live, um, what kind of skills, what kind of skill level would they need to have? The, the biggest challenge we see is creating content. So if you already have content sources in place or you have existing content from PDFs, print, uh, website, blog, that kind of thing, it's, it's super easy. You can just re uh, reuse that um, directly. So if they had, say, PowerPoint skills, mm -hmm. would that they'd be able to use the app? Yeah, uh, yeah. essentially they would, yeah, because we, we do support PDF. It's not really what we love to do yeah. because all of our content is centered around being responsive and interactive because that's what you you really want as a reader uh, going through the uh, the app. You don't just want to swipe and pinch to zoom a, a PDF. Um, so I guess there, there we have a tool, an editor, which has a, a slight learning curve, but it's very similar to website builders, drag and drop, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what is the specific, uh, who would be your typical client yeah use, would it be say a big company or would it be a small startup or a one-man show or one woman show that that's such a great question because mm. i think we've touched on every segment we possibly could from from when we started it was really meant as a do-it-yourself platform to connect coders and and publishers um, but so since then it has just grown enormously. You know, we didn't have an editor. We didn't have a nice layout or a guide. We didn't have automated app uh, building and app submission as, as we have today. It was actually us. We were sitting in Xcode and customizing the title, the colors, the button for each client individually, but that's all automated today. Um, and in terms of content, what we can support, that has also grown enormously. So we we have clients. I always love to uh, bring up Oddities, which is uh, a indie magazine focused on UFOs and the extraterrestrial. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, we have another indie publisher who is called Bully King. So it's all it's it's not just uh, you know, pets or dogs. It's actually bullies. Uh, really cool as well. And then we we go all the way up to. Uh, professional publishers that have multiple publications and enterprises. We've worked with Yahoo Singapore, uh, currently working with uh, Amway, uh, which is our, our largest client for now, Prudential uh, Insurance Company. So they use it for internal communications and um, promotional material. And um, yeah, it, our product and service has a ton of use cases, which yeah. is a, a blessing, but also a little bit of a challenge because you don't just want to spread yourself too thin at yeah. once. And where did you get the idea from? How did you come across yeah, the idea? So essentially, um, I'm an affiliate marketer by heart. So I had a website, uh, a Danish website, targeting Danish people, teaching them how to use WordPress to, to build websites. And I wanted to expand on that. But I didn't want to just create an English version because the competition on that would be huge. So I stumbled across Apple Newsstand, if if you remember that phenomenon. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'll search for WordPress in here. And there was one magazine. So one magazine about WordPress. I'm like, wow, okay, I can compete with one. Uh, so that's how the idea came about. And I'm like, all right, I want to do a digital magazine about WordPress because I'm already doing it. It's just a different format. And then I quickly learned that it was either insanely expensive or 
technically challenging. Uh, so I, I love a good challenge. I took it up. I'm a bit of a do-it-yourself guy, but it was like if you've ever tried to build an app and get it submitted, uh, it, it's super challenging. So then I thought, okay, got to be a better way. And then that's how we started. So how long have you been going now? Uh, five years. Five years? Yeah, five years. And um, how big is your company? So we're... Um, we're nine employees, including myself and uh, Tobias, my co-founder. And um, yeah, we, we've got about 150 clients today that we're, we're servicing. And yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy ride from the beginning. So we're 100% bootstrapped. We haven't taken uh, any investments yet. Um, so it, it's been a real grind, but we, we've loved every part of it. So how did you finance yourself in the beginning? just from our own our own pockets but yeah. we we very quickly launched our first paid product we did so we started coding in june 2013 and by january the next year we had our first product out it was a whooping nine dollars a month um and then from there we we just we just grew it uh we were very like customer uh, development driven um we would sell our souls to the highest bidders, oh, <laughs> no. yeah. but but you know you, you're always like okay yeah, because all the revenue that we had we just reinvested it okay, totally yeah. into the company and uh, Toby and I you know we were able to to manage staying alive. So you didn't take out any bank loans or any no, credit no, card debts? No, 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 we didn't. We had a we had a little bit that we put in ourselves. Um, so I guess you could say we've been profitable almost from from day one. And are you looking for any investors? We're always very interested uh, speaking with people um, because we're doing quite well financially. Uh, the the money wouldn't be the, the biggest drive for us, but absolutely in terms of strategic partners and people that can help us uh, connect with, with our target audience on a, on a more efficient level. That would be very interesting for us because we have a really solid product, um, amazing support, and we just need ways to get out there and, and connect with these potential customers. So how do you see yourself growing? Your ideal path for growth, what's that? Interesting, we're actually right in the middle of that. So we are wanting to build out a, a sales team. We really need our, um, our sales manager, so to speak, or, or someone that has a lot of experience uh, building out a sales team and, and really starting that process. So that's what we're currently uh, really looking for. Um, we're looking both in Singapore, but also in, in Indonesia to find someone that can join the team and really help us scale and grow that side of the business. Because, so, yeah, go on, go on. No, no, we've just been very fortunate um, growing organically. Um, you know, all of our large clients have found us either tech in Asia, the conference or, or organically from our website, but it's time to you know, put the, me uh, the pedal to the metal and, and really get out there. And, and that's the next step for us. So you, you're looking for people in uh, Indonesia and Singapore. So would they be based in their home countries or would they have to move? Yeah, yeah really interesting question. I think it, it would depend. So we've been able to build a, a global business out of Bali. Yeah. And we've been able to connect with everyone in, in all the different time zones. And that has gone really well. And for me personally, that's the kind of business that I'd like to, to build and also work on, which is also why in terms of sales team and where are they placed and do they need to be close to the customers and, and um, the time zone and all that, hopefully not. Like, hopefully they could be based anywhere. Like my mantra is really to be able to work when and where I, I'd like 
and I just like everybody in the company to have that opportunity as well. I do realize that sometimes with sales, if, we, if we're really going for the larger enterprises, obviously having a face-to-face -face meeting uh, makes a lot of sense. But so far, I'm, I'm not really convinced. You know, I, I do believe it can be done um, with the infrastructure and the tech and all the possibilities that we have today. Yeah, well, when, um, you, when you were mentioned and you mentioned that you were lived in Bali, um, there was quite excitement with yeah. people here they're saying, oh, Bali, that's a great place yeah, to work. Yeah. So I think somebody moving from Singapore to work to Bali wouldn't be too difficult. No, absolutely. It's actually a bit of a, a carrot that, that mm. we can uh, offer. Um, we have a really great collaboration with a, um, a, a co-working uh, space called Livit, um, Livit Hub Bali, yeah. the Hub Center, and um, they help us really with with a lot. And they also help us hire local talent because it's an Indonesian company, so we can really offer the whole package of of benefits uh, compared to just doing it on a contractor basis. So that's a, a really interesting thing. And, um, you know, obviously a shout out to Livit for helping us with that. But I know they're also working on ways to offer that to other um, startups, people in, in the same kind of fashion. So hopefully they will come up with some information about that. So have you been to co-working spaces in Singapore or in other parts of Asia? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we definitely have um, Impact Hub uh, we've been to. Uh, obviously, and uh, even in Bali, there's like six or seven now. I so, think. what would be the difference between, say, co or are there any differences between co-working spaces in Indonesia, Bali, or in Singapore that you've detected? Mm, not really. No. Uh, like, if you were to compare, perhaps the most uh, known one in Bali, um, it would be uh, Hubud uh, or Hubud or Hubud, the hub in Ubud. And uh, they're really great with activities and having speakers and also doing startup weekend events. And, and you see that here as well. I mean, obviously, you get a little bit more of a city vibe yeah. here in Singapore yeah. and, and a more bamboo. Yeah, that's, what I, was, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it's, it's cool. It's, it's good to diversify. So can you, well, you, you're obviously not looking for money. Um, but if some came your way, mm, mm. Mm. What would your sort of idea? What would your path then become if if, if somebody just said, "Look, I know you're not looking, but here it is." Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely, like I mentioned uh, earlier as well. So my background is is very, you know, I'm the experimentalist. I like to start up things, come up with crazy ideas to the table, and and really um, drive that way. Toby, my co-founder, is very technical. He's also a great uh, businessman, but. Uh, we're really looking for that third leg, if you could say that, you know, the sales, the sales, yeah. the sales expert, the, the person that has a lot of experience and has done this before. And obviously w with that person in place and, and some funds, it would be faster to, to grow that team and also to experiment with different sources and, and ways to reach more clients. Uh, so, so that would, um, most of that would probably go that way because yeah. we're really like ready to scale the sales. Uh, tech is in place, um, finances are in place. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, okay, so you've, you're looking for salespeople or salesperson. Um, and once you've found that person, um, where do you, where, which market would you head for mm, first? Mm. Yeah, 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 great question. I mean, obviously, we would kind of look at our existing customers and, and where are they and, 
how much percentage of, of revenue is coming from the different regions. So uh, we're, we're definitely looking at US, we're looking at um, UK, uh, but also Australia is a very interesting market for us, both because it's, it's fairly close to where we are, but we also have most of our, or many of our, our customers from there. Um, so, and after mentioning those, we pretty much have clients all over, which is very exciting for us. Like we, we got a lot of interest from South Africa, which was a little bit, um, yeah, uh, we, Unexpected. We, yeah, we weren't really <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> expecting that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if we were to choose one, it would definitely be Australia as it seems to have a lot of potential. Um, and, um, Singapore as well, but, uh, we, we've, we've attempted, but. Uh, nothing really um, fruitful has come out of that yet. Yeah. So, what would when you started off? Um, what challenges did you face in the beginning to start off? Mm, which one? Which like, one? like from from the very beginning? Or yeah, right at the beginning. Yeah, your right at the beginning. You, you've got the idea, and then you decide, right, yeah. we're going to do this. What yeah. was? Yeah. The thing? Well, so in the early days, is it was really tech. Yeah, I think, you know, because I started on my own and I, I was like, all right, this is awesome. I'm going to get back into coding. I'm going to go with Ruby on Rails and got quite far with like the core server setup and communications and all that. But as soon as you wanted to add something fancy and cool, it's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And it's going to take forever. So I was very fortunate to meet uh, Toby early on in the process. He actually came to Bali to um, to stay at the, the kind of a retreat that uh, I was helping run at the time. Um, and then, uh, so, so what made you decide this was the person that was going to take it further? Toby? Uh, yeah, that was actually quite easy Yeah. yeah because he came working on a different startup and I heard that he was really good with Ruby and Rails. So I just took advantage of that and I just asked him a ton of questions and he was really, you know, open and helpful and, and willing to share. And, and he loved the idea and the project. So I was thinking I, I need to, I need to hire this guy somehow. Um, but very quickly, we just decided, you know, let's, uh, you know, if you think this is interesting, let's do it. Let's uh, partner up 50-50 and get the ball rolling. Because I knew that I was never going to be able to do it on my own. Yeah. I, I needed uh, someone like Toby on the team. Uh, and it was so early in the process. So it was just natural to say, let's, let's build this together. Um, and Toby is, is, is a brilliant developer. He knows so many different languages, but he's also a really cool guy. And we, we get along really well um so he's not just a, a a business partner he's a really good friend as well yeah okay so for him um leaving this uh, mm -hmm, projecting mm -hmm. here leaving one startup to join another startup um why did he what, what did he say was in it for him to do this apart from saying it's a really good idea it's a cool idea i want to get on board with this yeah yeah we would we'd really have to ask him that but i i do believe that he saw the whole um, opportunity of living in Bali and having this really great uh, balance of work and play, uh, which it, it does offer. There's, there's so many benefits of, of being in Bali. Um, but, but yeah, it, you know, it was a real challenge in the beginning because he was part of this other startup yeah. and they were actually going to Silicon Valley. You know, it, early on, he said, like, I'm in a bit of a dilemma because... I know I'm Magloff and I want to do Magloff, but I've also been offered this opportunity to go to Silicon Valley. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I, I can't say no to that. You know, everybody wants to go to Silicon Valley. But he did say no. No, he didn't. didn't no, he, okay. no. So he, he, he went to Silicon Valley, um, had three months there, 
and long story short, it 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 didn't really um, they didn't get traction enough over there. So, uh, which was lucky, yeah, <laughs> in a way. Um, and then shortly after that, he came to Bali. And once he actually came to Bali, and we started working together closely, things just took off a lot faster. So, in the early stages, it was really like figuring out between co-founders how do we how do we work on this um, when there are other uh, things that you that you need to do as well. You have other responsibilities, um, but uh, we got around it, and uh, yeah, we we came a long way since then. So you you're looking for sales. So who's handling sales at the moment? So in terms of outreach, yeah, like actually yeah, yeah. proactive sales, no one really. Yeah, uh, which is a bit of a uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it's the missing piece of the puzzle. But uh, in terms of inbound. We have a really awesome team of, of um, three people, Raphael, Christine, and, uh, and Dina. And so they take care of all the inbound stuff. And they will also help book meetings with the clients. And I'll usually jump on those meetings with, with one of them. So any incoming calls that we have, I'm, I, I love to get on calls with our, our customers and, and potential customers because you learn a ton uh, from speaking to them directly. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, I guess I do that. And of course, Toby joins in on the more tech heavy because we get a lot of different inquiries. And I understand that that companies are looking for unique uh, solutions and they want to be special and look special. So uh, luckily for us, you know, we can also offer that real custom um, uh, sense and, and um, progress. So why are you... Um why do you feel that you need to be an entrepreneur? Why do you feel that mm. this is the role you want to play? Why not just get a anyway, yeah. job for, with somebody else and do try and do the same thing or a similar thing that's more secure? Yeah, that, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, I had that. Hmm. I used to work in a bank back in Copenhagen before I, I left for my Bali adventure. How long did you work in the bank? I was there for almost six years. Six years. Yeah, yeah. D in different stages, but uh, the last... Uh, Four years, I was an analyst at the retail bank. Um, I loved it. I had, it was, you know, I had awesome colleagues, a really good job, good pay, good bonus, um, interesting uh, jobs, uh, sorry, projects to do there. But I, I just knew that I could never do a nine to five for the rest of my life. You know, it would be, it would be much too of a, of just a, a regular thing going through. And how long have you been doing what you're doing now as an entrepreneur? Um, I, I, for me, it really started back when I was 18 years yeah. old. I got introduced to a pyramid scheme, and I thought the business model was absolutely brilliant. Uh, obviously, you learn a lot yeah. after that. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't uh, build any business yeah. on it, but that was the intro for me. And uh, you know, slowly, I got into internet marketing and affiliate marketing, and I just, yeah, I, you know, I just fell in love with it. And uh, being able to create something and offer it to people worldwide and they get value from that it, it's just a massive rush massive kick for me and um that's what i'll be doing for for the rest of my life i'm there there's no way i'm going back and getting a getting a job so what would, if somebody was to leave now leave college or be at the 18 year old yeah what would you advise them would you advise them to work first get some experience or would you say no just jump straight in and join us in bali yeah <laughs> um <laughs> if if I would uh, so uh, you know we all need money yeah. to to survive and uh, I, I for me 
I didn't just jump in and, and go all out. You know, I had a job and I started slowly on the side, um, building more and more things until the, the right opportunities came along. And, and that's probably what I would advise as well. Um, I'm probably not going to get very popular for saying this, but I don't, I don't find any value or not much value of universities and, and school if, if that's the route that you go. Uh, did you go to university? I, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I did uh, my bachelor and my master's, but yeah. I didn't do my 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 final thesis. Um, but that was really more because it, you know it was it was the thing to do, and uh, I did the master's because I could take some of the game design and um, affiliate marketing, and I actually you know did my my whole master's around that. Otherwise, I I, I probably wouldn't have done it. So if somebody came to you and they didn't have a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, how would you assess them as a person if they came to you like, I want to do sales for you. I'm, yeah. I don't have a degree in sales yeah. or marketing or anything. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say I, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, for this particular position, you know, it's a really important position. So you'd have to have some kind of a track record. Yeah. You'd have to be able to prove convincingly that you know what you're doing. You've been in a situation before where you have a, a startup uh, of, you know, of our kind of size, we have a product, everything is in place but sales and you've, you've built up something really good uh, from that kind of outset. And, and if you can show that and you can prove that, then we're, you know, we're very open. Honestly, when I get, whenever we hire uh, people, I really skip the whole school and you know, what their average grades was and all that because it doesn't matter to me. I, I need to add that, I think. To me, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, do you have the skills that we need for this at the moment? And are you are you willing to jump out and also learn new things? Are you proactive? Are you, know, are you showing that you really want to do something other than just get a job? Then, then we're very interested. So yeah. if somebody had been working, say, in a corporate position um, and they wanted to make the move, mm, mm. but they were in that secure position. How would you then know that this person was ready to make that move? What What would you ask them? Uh, that's, the, yeah, that's that's a really good question, and we've also discussed that internally. Like, you know, what what kind of background should they really be coming from? And um, is it corporate sales or is it more from the startup world? To us, it, you know, I, ideally, you would have some kind of uh, relation to startups and how that whole scene works mainly just because that's really the phase that we're in at the moment um, if you're coming from like a massive corporate and you know you've just been working there for 20 years and then then uh, yeah I don't know you know it would really <laughs> yeah. the, the whole conversation and all again the willingness and and uh, if you can prove that that you've really built something up and that we can see that that's going to be a big value add to us then, then we're open for it. Yeah. So mm. you're in you're in Bali, um, and Bali has a certain reputation as a holiday place. Yeah. So describe a typical day for you. Is it work, 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 and some play, or is it play, 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 and then mm. some work? Mm. No, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I can do a typical day, but I can definitely yeah. do a typical week. Yeah. Um, so I'm very fortunate to be able to play golf as well. That's my like my big passion, and that's re what really refuels me. Uh, for the week so i'm working full-time three days and then i have two days where i'm on the golf course and doing things in between 
But on, on, a, on a classic day, you know, we'll get up in the morning, have coffee, just check the mail. Um, Toby and I, we actually share a, a villa in, in Bali. So we, we're, we're living together. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll catch up there. And then we drive to the office, which is in Senua. It's about 10 minutes on the scooter. Uh, the Live It Hub, where we have our, our little space and we have our team there. We do daily stand-ups. You know, we can work wherever we want, so it's kind of fluid. Um, yeah, and we always catch up on projects, you know, talk to customers. Uh, and after that, typically there's some kind of event, um, either going out for a drink or going out to listen to some music or for dinner. And then um, we drive back to our house and uh, relax with some StarCraft, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. So does Toby play golf? Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, not, he, he, he joins me on the driving range okay. from time to yeah. time. So we'll yeah. go out and, and grab a couple of beers and, and uh, hit a few balls, which is, which is really awesome. So you've got, you're working three days a week, two days golf. Mm. Um, is there an overlap? Does he sort of do, does he do the other, like week is normally five days. So is it yeah. like a five day week? It is. Um, but and there's like you do two days and then there's an overlap of one day and then Toby does another two days or is it? How do you? Yeah. Or no, does he do five days? He does five days. Oh, he does. Yeah, five yeah, days. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I he Toby uh, Toby loves to code. Okay. You know, he, yeah. he, he he loves it and yeah. um and that is awesome. Um. So. He will usually be at the office when I'm not there, so we, we kind of swap in between, but we don't really have a, a hard schedule yeah. or anything like that. You know, we Again, for us, it's just important that we have that good balance of, of work and play. And uh, we also say this to, to new members joining our team. You, know, you don't have to be and sit at your desk from 9 to, to 5. Um, if you like working at night, we can certainly w work something out like that. We have people that work uh, remotely for us as well. And uh, what we're mostly interested in is, can you deliver the tasks that you have at the right time and at the agreed quality? And if yes, great. You know, we don't need to time track you. We don't need to know exactly where you are. Obviously, we have some team meetings where we do need everyone to attend, and that is not a problem at all. So it's very, it's very fluid and organic the way the way that it uh, works but um, so far it's, it's working out really well um, it's important like we, we've been doing this for for years now right and it, obviously it was different in the beginning where it's just full-on work 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 and we do like 12 14 16 hour uh, work days but but now with a much larger team and all we're able to um, I won't say step back a little bit but but just make sure that we don't uh, drive ourselves to the grave uh, doing it, but also still enjoy it. Okay, and um, if this just to wrap up now, um, if, um, you, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, yeah. how would they do that? Cool. Yeah. So uh, our website magloft.com, M-A-G-L-O-F-T. Uh, you can get in touch with us there. There's a phone number. Um, you can reach out on Skype as well. Um, yeah, we'd love to obviously talk to anyone that could be interested in joining a startup you know, and, and building out a kick-ass sales team. That yeah. would be awesome. Um, you can find me on my website, nickmartin.com. Uh, LinkedIn, obviously. Uh, you can just search for Magloff there as well, and, and you'll find us. Uh, you, generally, if you just search for Magloff anywhere, we'll, we'll show up. And how do you spell Magloff? M-A-G-L-O-F-T. Okay. Thanks very much, Nicholas. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And um, we'll keep in touch. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah.